All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. Happy Thursday to those of you that might be live streaming with us. By the way, if you're not live streaming with us, shame on you. Come be part of this conversation sometimes. I know I say this a lot and have been actually for a long time. We've been live streaming now for, what has it been, a year and a half or more than that? Don't quit coming up in two years maybe. Uh, but I, I would love for you all to come be part of this conversation. Uh, there's a really cool opportunity to be able to engage with our guests as they're here on the show to ask them questions, to comment on the conversation at hand. So follow us on Instagram, Boca Podcast. If you are not doing so already, you can keep up to date with the upcoming live streams and uh, come be part of the conversation. Would love you to do so. And uh, for those of you that do join us today, do take advantage, ask questions, comment, be part of the conversation uh, and uh, yeah, Sue is already chiming in from Sun Valley saying hello. Thanks for joining us so consistently too, Sue. I really appreciate that. Encourage your friends uh, and peers to come do the same thing. Would love to have them on board. On that note, I do want to introduce, reintroduce, I should say, a return guest. Actually, Sean, you, this is the third episode that we've done together. This is a pretty big deal. I know, I know. We just can't get enough of each other. <laughs> That's exactly it. Well, and, and I said this to you before we got started, but I, I want to say it again. I appreciate you making time to come back on the show, um, just generally speaking, but then also because what we're going to be talking about today is very much a reflection of the Boca podcast. The Boca podcast is here to help photographers build sustainable businesses. What does that mean? Well, yeah, we're going to talk about business principles, but just as importantly, if not more so, we're going to talk about how to build a business and not get burnt out at the same time. I, as an entrepreneur, I'm certainly, and we talked about this before the show, I'm, I'll put in spurts of, of lots of extra work, long hours, late nights. I've been doing this lately, but that's not sustainable. And it's not the life that I want as an entrepreneur. It's not why I got into business for myself. I want that freedom and that flexibility. And you're going to help us get to at least some resemblance of that in our conversation today. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's it's not just um like being able to give yourself like a better like um like free time and like family time and stuff like that, but it's also like it's also to help like make sure your business is thriving throughout the whole year versus mm. like certain parts of it. So like you you wanna give everybody the same amount of love and like energy at the beginning of wedding season or elopement season that you do like in October. So like it's, this, this hopefully will help people just kind of carry over like your energy. And so you're not burnt out by like September, you know? I like that. Uh, and that's actually a really great perspective, additional element to the conversation. Before we get into the details of the conversation, will you just kind of reintroduce yourself and your brand for listeners who may have missed out hearing you before? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm Sean Obazalo um, with Vows and Peaks. Uh, elopements so this is god it's me my fifth year going into elopements which is like kind of crazy um so i hit my 200th milestone like last year so um yeah just every year just um trying to make some big changes and like you know everything's kind of evolving um, um with life and as business so um just kind of embracing the impermanence of a uh, change and trying to become better yes the impermanence of change. And we have to be okay with that. I mean, it, it should go without saying, but as business owners, we can't get stuck in a rut, right? We can't be comfortable, learn to be comfortable with a particular existence and then just assume that we can stay in that place and everything's going to continue to go as well as it has been. Yeah. I mean, that's like one thing I've been really trying to look at. Like, I mean, I've, every year I try to take like one goal and I try to apply like one big goal. Like what, what am I going to do this year to like, really kind of take off and make my business next level. And this is the first year where 
I like really didn't like make my goals like maybe financially driven or numbers driven this year was like a little bit more like um, introspective of like just not typical goals that businesses usually go for of like raising prices, booking this much money, booking this many people. It's like, how can I change things like um, how I am mentally and then how I can show up for people who book me and stuff like that. Yeah. No, that, that's that's good. And that, that's actually a rabbit trail we could probably follow as well. But I'm going to leave that alone right. for right this second. Um, I do want to pull up your website here for anybody who has not seen it yet. And for those of you listening in, Sean mentioned in passing, but vows and peaks, P-E-A-K-S dot com. Really, just like it sounds, uh, you can check out Sean's be- beautiful, like truly beautiful work, by the way. And his specialty in particular, and this is something we've talked about on past episodes, by the way, I think it's episode 539 and episode 590. We- we'll link to those in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. But um, we did talk about the ultimate elopement packages in Colorado and, and uh, how Sean is approaching that business model. We'll link specifically to this page that I've got pulled up on screen as well. Uh, at vowsandpeaks.com. And then if you're not following Sean on Instagram, vows underscore and underscore peaks on Instagram, I'm going to go ahead and pop up this post that we're going to be talking about here in just a little bit. Uh, but before we do that, Sean, I, we've probably, you've, you've been here for enough episodes at this point. We've probably changed the format at least once or twice since you've been on the show. I, I added a couple of introductory questions back into the conversations. And so I want to go ahead and kind of pose these to you. I know that we're going to be talking more in detail about sustainability, minimizing burnout here in just a little bit, but let's just say we have photographers that can only listen in for five minutes. If you were to throw out a a tip or a trick, an idea that would help a photographer create a more sustainable business, again, the primary objective of this podcast, what's that big idea that has enabled you to create that type of sustainability, a little bit more freedom and flexibility in your life? Um, I mean, like, Big picture, like I think um, SEO is like gonna be the thing that's gonna really drive your business, um, like without like having to necessarily sink in costs. So like just getting on the SEO train um, and figuring out like how to like navigate that and find a way to rank will definitely be like your best long-term thing. As far as like um, smaller goals, I really feel like niching towards like your personality and then like certain aspects of like photography um, and specializing in it will go a long way versus like trying to fall in line with like everyone else and like what their websites look like or what they're called. Oh, Sean. Okay. We lost you there for a second. Are you back? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I think I, I heard enough of, we got the gist of, of enough of what you were saying. And it was an interesting kind of combination of ideas because they're related. So the significance of SEO, we're talking about an idea or a couple of ideas that will do the heavy lifting for building a business. SEO, and I know that we talked about this on previous, at least one of the previous episodes uh, before when we were talking about your elopement business. The significance of SEO, and, and it really, it's almost cliche, right? We hear a lot about SEO, but I, you look at photographers' websites, start to dig around a little bit, we realize, oh, a lot of, if maybe not even most photographers, unfortunately, are not paying enough attention in that realm. And it's almost, dare I say, it's almost like free money, you know, in the sense that if you've got your SEO dialed in, it's going to do a lot of heavy lifting for you without yep. the need for ad spend, for just one example, it really is incredible. We've, we've been working on this more and more in the last, say, three or four years uh, at our company, maybe even a little bit more than that. 
and it's been it's been fun actually i've kind of nerded out a little bit on it but it's really incredible how much of a difference it can make so i'm i'm glad that you bring that up you talked about the significance of specializing niching down and of course that very much relates to seo because the more that you can niche down and specialize the more specific you can get with a copy the h1 the h2 tags that you're putting yeah. on your website for the sake of maximizing seo as well yeah and like also like like if your seo is driving people to your website your website, like I would say, like if you can niche down to your personality and then your skill sets as a photographer, that is really what's going to help set you apart from like the other 10 people on Google. So like, you know, standing out like with you as a person and then your skill set versus like getting lumped together with everybody who's talking about the same stuff, like will go a long way in like you being able to have a thriving business. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that sums it up really, really well. I know it's a loaded topic. So again, I'll, I'll leave that one alone. But I, for those of you that are listening in, if you haven't heard some of the recent episodes on SEO at the Boca Podcast, if you just go to bocapodcast.com, there's a little search bar at the very top of that page. You can search SEO and you'll find a number of episodes related to that topic. And you can dig into that topic there. Um, Sean, those are a couple of big ideas that will do some heavy lifting for the sake of growth in our business. But I want to come back to my original question. I know we're going to talk about boundaries today as a is a big idea that drives efficiency, it drives sustainability, it minimizes the possibility of, of overwhelm and burnout. If there was another big idea that, that you were to kind of throw out there for the sake of, again, maximizing that freedom, that flexibility, minimizing the burnout for a business owner, I know we're going to talk about boundaries today, just in passing, like what would be another big idea that you think it's really important in that regard? Um, I would say like outsourcing, um, and I, I made a mistake. I've gone in and out of outsourcing certain things. Um, and I've made the commitment this year to like fully go back into outsourcing, like editing, because like one of the things I really wanted to do this year was like, just not be on a screen. So like, whether it's a phone, but especially a computer during like busy season, like yeah. if you're constantly editing, it's like you, you're, cons you consumed on a computer in your free time. So like this year, like. I'm going all out and like just doing outsourcing for everybody um, I'm cool. working with. So um, outsourcing and then automations, like I, I changed CRMs this year. So like my automation system for like, you know, e emails and invoices now is like just dialed in or like where, again, I'm not spending my time in the computer. It's like, it's just, a it's efficiency is like where I'm kind of looking at. Yeah, that totally makes sense. But again, a lot of photographers aren't taking advantage of those, either the tools to automate, like you were talking about, by the way, what CRM did you move to? If you don't mind me asking, I moved to, I think I pronounced it Tave. Tave. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to them from HoneyBook and just like night and day difference of just like being able to automate, but also just like the organizational stuff I've cut out, like having to use multiple platforms to like stay organized. Now I just do it all under one umbrella. So it's like, again, just keeping efficiency of like, being able to do stuff at a faster pace, but also like not necessarily having to commit like so much time to like a screen. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. You know, you were talking about that screen time. I've been kind of joking a little bit more as of late that um, whenever I'm done with this go at entrepreneurship, it's going to be a number of years probably still, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of this crazy iPhone and just go to like a flip phone or something. I'm so ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so ready to be done with screen time. It, it's, it really can be exhausting, especially when you're putting so many hours in and you make an interesting point. I mean, we've talked about delegation quite a bit on the show here for anybody who's listening and who doesn't know, I own a company called photographers edit who specializes in editing images for photographers. And so naturally we talk about this, but 
there are so many benefits to delegating, whether it's editing or album design or email management or whatever it might be for the sake of kind of creating a bit of space for ourselves. But even the simple notion of kind of minimizing the amount of screen time, I mean, our eyes physically get tired, but I know our brain does as well, constantly looking at either it's a phone or a computer, desktop, laptop, or otherwise, it really is exhausting. And it's yeah. not ultimately how we were kind of wired to exist as humans, right? And certainly we adapt and adjust as, as culture continues to evolve, but um, I, it's not something that's great for us to be doing as much as we, I think, kind of tend to. So looking to delegate, not just to benefit your life in so many different ways in your business, but in, to include in that list ultimately to minimize screen time. I think that's actually a really great kind of tip and, and trick, if you will. You also mentioned Tave, and I pulled that up on screen for those who might be live streaming with us. If for anybody listening or watching, you're not familiar, if you just go to TAVE.com, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. You can get uh, some more information about that particular CRM. All right. So I want to move on then, Sean, to kind of our primary conversation at hand. And you, you've made a very intentional effort. You were actually talking to me about this before we even got started today as well to create more definite boundaries in your business for this year. And I'm curious, before we get into the nitty gritty of it, what was it that got you to this place? What motivated that, that effort for this year? Oh man. Like, I mean, I feel like when I say this answer, it's probably going to resonate with a lot of people, but like, um, just the burnout I was, I suffered last year and like the lack of fulfillment, um, really was like something I'm like, dude, this is like crazy. Um, it's just like, you know, I didn't have like the same fulfillment at the end of the year that I did the previous years. And I think that kind of started with like my goals for the last year. And I think like I was so attached to like these goals that the goals almost overtook the business. And I think like this probably falls in line with a lot of photographers. Like, you know, a lot of people's goals are like, you know, financially or number driven. And so like when you you're so hell bent on hitting those goals, it almost mm -hmm. becomes like you're so attached to it. And so I think by the end of the year, I had like burned out so much on both ends of the business, like physically, mentally and emotionally that like by the end, I was like, OK, this is this is just not like sustainable for myself, but also just like it's not really fair to like, you know, at the end of the year, like I'm not giving like 110 percent that i am like in june and july so it was just it was ultimately an effort to minimize that experience of burnout and I, i'm naturally projecting here but I'm, I'm hearing something in this conversation which is interesting we haven't talked about it a lot here on the podcast but when you're so focused on numbers when there's this kind of intensity that is constantly driving us to oh shoot like i guess it's kind of a combination of fomo with a strong desire motivation to reach certain goals we're focused on that constantly it's just driving us driving us driving us and you said something earlier actually in our conversation where it was almost this idea of kind of setting aside feelings and just like functioning almost robotically i guess when you're yeah. in that mindset it actually i've been reading a i just finished a book actually called, uh, and, and I'll pull it up here, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. And there's a lot to the book, but one of the things he talks about is when we're in that space where we're constantly worried about all that's going on around us, we don't have the, the freedom mentally to function in a really creative space. And, and it sounds like maybe that's kind of where you were at. Well, so like, man, I just have a couple points. So like, please, I've been, re I've been really off social media a lot lately. And, um, but like, I feel like every time I go on there, like I follow like, um, like people who do like the like businesses and like, um, 
but it's always talking about like why you should raise your prices and blah 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 and it's like i feel like they're like um we've kind of made it like this thing where like we have to kind of follow this path path of like greed and money versus like why are we even doing this in the first place like why'd we all start becoming photographers so like i really try to pivot from like that of like I need to raise my prices and make as much money as possible. It's like, that's not really like why I started this, like to do this. And like, that seems to be like the photographer culture right now is like, and which is totally fine. Like I'm like, I've made up a lot of money and I'm sure like everybody's wants to make a ton of money. And, but like, like, I'm like, that's like, I started doing photos, just taking pictures of mountains. Like that's what I, what I started taking photos of. Like I yeah. just wanted to go dick around the mountains and take cool photos. <laughs> and like that was before Instagram was even a thing. And so yeah. Like, so now it's like, you know, like you get to like the point where like, oh shit, like, I mean, I made it. And mm-hmm. then it's like, well, what is, what is making it mean? What is your definition of making it? Is making it, making a bunch of money or is making it being just hella fucking happy and working with cool people? And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's where I want to be. I want to be on that side of the fence. So mm-hmm. that's where I was like, all right, I need to figure out, like, I need to realign my goals and jump over to like where I want to be at. I like that. I, it, it reminds me of some stuff I've heard from, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who I'm sure you, you know, and, and so many people know, and different people have kind of different perspectives on Gary and, and opinions of him. And I get it. He's, it's interesting because it's kind of a, a it's actually a beautiful example of something um, that I've been talking about a lot lately in my, my personal life, as well as my business, which is this idea of both and, right? It's not that we have to do one thing or the other. You can have both. And Gary talks about, I mean, he's an incredible example of somebody who works super hard, has built this massive company. He's worth incredible amounts of money, but simultaneously his, his primary goal is kind of what you're talking about, which is joy, like happiness, actual sense of, of happiness at the end of the day. Yeah. There's all kinds of benefit and enjoyment that comes from money. And we certainly have to at least make a baseline amount in order to, to exist. But at some point, the fulfillment from that dwindles and potentially even goes away if we're not doing something that is, that has a deeper meaning. Um, and I think a yep. broader impact on, on a broader level. So that's, that's really cool. If you were, and this is totally putting you on the spot, but if you were to, oh, yeah. to, to sum it up, like what would you, how would you sum up your motivation as, um, I mean, we could go as far as saying as an individual, but we'll just say as a photographer, like what is it that actually drives you if you were to sum it up in a sentence? What I mean, I I've refocused my goals this year and now it's like, all right, like I've, my, some of my boundaries are like, I'm just turning people away. Like if like before I was like, all right, look, I'll, I'll work with whoever wants to inquire of me and wants to book me. I'll just work with them. Now it's like, I want to just really focus on the stuff that like really fulfills me. So it's like, I want people who are super passionate, very organized, like excited about doing this. It's like, you know, now I do only FaceTimes with couples. So it's not like it's just phone calls where like people can half-ass it. It's like, Hey, like we're dialed in, we're looking at each other. We're make I'm making sure that you're like, you're stoked on this. And so I want to basically have my business be where like, I'm just as like stoked starting and ending an elopement that I was like, like every single time. That makes sense. But I I guess kind of digging a little bit more, if, is it, is it, is it connection? Like when you, when you think about kind of the, the broader scope of how you're adding value to the world, Again, that could just yeah. be individually, generally speaking, or it could be more specifically as a photographer. Just as a simple example, my businesses thus far in life, my entrepreneurial efforts, if you will, have been centered around two things, time and relationships. I take photographers at it, for example. 
Yeah, it's a business that's done really well. It's a multi-million dollar company that that you know over time has has grown quite significantly. We've had the opportunity to be able to to work with thousands of photographers over the years. It's incredible when you look at the numbers, and I can be proud of that. But at the end of the day, what's more important to me is that we've had the opportunity to make an impact in photographers' lives by doing two things. Number one, we've saved them incredible amounts of time, literally to yeah. the point where you know they're saying, like, you're giving me your life back. And then two, as a result of that time they get back, sure, they can go focus on building their business further, which is great, or just being a photographer for the fun of it, like you were talking about. But it's given them incredible amounts of time to be able to focus on the important relationships in their life. So that's, for me, just a simple ex example in my life of how really my, my effort as an entrepreneur is driven by deeper meaning and those kind of two big ideas is time and relationships. So how would you, how would you compare your efforts to something like that? Like what, what's the deeper drive for you? Yeah. I mean, I would say like making cool photos and hanging out with cool couples. Like those are like the two big things that I'm like, I, I want to make like really dope couple or make really dope cup, uh, photos and work with just like really fucking awesome people where I'm like, dude, you're just a cool person. Yeah. I love it. And, and, and I love it, especially because it's such a simple idea. But that, that's kind of the cool thing about life. It's the simple things in life we can actually really enjoy. And kind of getting back to that as business owners can be so refreshing. So I, I love the perspective. Uh, it, by the way, Jakevius is saying hello from YouTube. Thanks, Jakevius, for joining us. Greetings and salutations, says Boca Podcast, Sean and everyone. And uh, for the rest of you that are live streaming, don't be shy. Chime in, say hello. Uh, join in the conversation here. Just one more question before we get into the details of that post that you made right before the new year, Sean. And you've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but I'm just curious to get a little bit more of your take. What do you think leads to this place where photographers are just getting lost in their business? They're getting carried away so much so that they're kind of like you were describing earlier, almost just robotically just getting the work done, working as hard as they possibly can. And as a result, losing maybe potentially that deeper meaning, but then also getting burnt out. How is it that photographers end up that, that excuse me, end up in that space so much? Um, man, I think like a a long, weird, winded answer would be like um, like not practicing like emptiness as far as like looking at things without putting like a monetary value on every single thing. Like everybody has to like there has to be like an intrinsic. Um, like finite thing at the very end of the tunnel for everything. So like, mm. um, like if that makes sense, like, you know, you could just look at stuff and go into it clear headed without having like a preconceived notion of like what it, what success means or like wh what kind of, how, what, what's the best photo you're going to get out of the day? Or this is the photo I need for like my, my Instagram or this is what I need to like book this person, like just going into it with like with an empty set of mind of like, Hey, like I just am here to like, kind of just create. Yeah. Without the, like a data driven goal that we've got to attach to whatever our behavior is as a business owner. Yeah. So I, I guess the, the natural follow-up question to that though is, I mean, we know we can't make a living. We can't have a business unless we're at least somewhat paying attention to that stuff. So how do you have both and how do you how do you still be an intelligent business owner who is paying attention to the numbers as necessary but not get so caught up in that then that you can't just be in the moment and i mean as cliche as it might sound i i think it's carries a lot of significance what you were talking about earlier just get to connect with cool people and be there for that and connect create cool pictures and be there for that without having to worry about all the other things around you how do you find that balance well, I, I think like that's a, like a segue to like kind of what we're going to be end up talking about is like, like when I 
decided like to create some of these boundaries, it was mostly just like, or like I can show up like on the day of with like super clear headed and just ready to rock and roll versus like the, the burnout leading up to it. But also just like, and I mean, hope, I think this is going to resonate with a lot of people, but just like making sure you don't work with like, van, like energy vampires, like people who are just going to suck the energy out of you where like by the time you like meet up with them, you're just like not even like stoked to be there at that point. And I know that I'm not just like the only person that feels this way, but like making sure that you're only working with people who like respect you, hmm. your time, your energy, your work. And like, again, like, People call them energy vampires, and it's like it's a legitimate thing. It's like people who just <laughs> suck it out of you, and then you're yeah. just, you want to work as many, a little as those many people as possible. Mm. So by the time you're up, you're on that day, you you don't have like a preconceived notion of like who this person is. Like you're just like excited to be there with them. Love that. Well, and and you're right. This is a great segue to kind of the primary conversation at hand. I want to bring everybody's attention. I'm going to pop this up on screen actually here. Uh, to the post, Sean, that you put up December 28th of 2022. Again, for anybody who's not following Sean, if you go to vows and, uh, va excuse me, vows underscore and underscore peaks on Instagram. Of course, we'll link to that in the show notes at bocopodcast.com. But I'm just going to quickly slide through these and then Sean, we'll go back through them in detail. The post actually says 2022 was a year of uncertainty, anxiety, bad habits, burnout, and left my searching for more fulfillment. It's time to get back to my roots and the reasons why I started this in the first place. I've implemented these boundaries for 2023 and beyond to, to better serve myself and my couples. Time to get back to chasing adventures. See you on the trails. And actually, Sean, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to just simply read through them. I want to take them one at a time and kind of let you talk us through them. The first thing that, that pops up here is weekdays only. And, and the subtext under it, it says, we'll no longer be booking elopements for weekends. Uh, new work days are Monday through Thursday. That is a big commitment. I mean, I, I can imagine, imagine like photographers listening and just thinking about the amount of FOMO that they would feel. They're like, oh my word, I'm, you know, I'm a wedding photographer. Naturally, I tend to shoot on weekends. I'm giving up so much business by nixing the weekends and only shooting during the work week now. Yeah. How do you even do that? I mean, that's that's pretty mind-boggling commitment. Um, oh, I think this is like a, a two-part answer. It's like, one, you're doing it the first part for yourself. So it's like, I mean, I made this commitment because like my wife doesn't work on the weekends. So it's like when I'm working on the weekends and then my summer schedule is like jam-packed, like hmm. not seeing each other is super hard. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the other part of it is like, you have to kind of like pitch this to couples as like, it's also an added benefit for themselves. So like I tell people like, you know, I don't hike for pleasure on the weekends in Colorado and I really don't suggest or expect people to get married on the weekends out here because it's such a madhouse. Um, so I just kind of like, I don't really frame it as like, I'm doing this for myself. It's kind of, I'm framing it as like. Hey, this is going to give you a better experience. But in reality, this was really kind of started because like, I just can't like continue allocating like so much time away from my family. Um, but then, you know, it's also, Hey, this is also the benefit for you guys, which is like the main benefit. That's interesting. Okay. So it starts then with what is so important and something we do talk about quite a bit here on the podcast, which is, I, I refer to it generally as a big picture view, right? So there's an overarching set of values and goals that drive, hopefully that, that drive us as individuals and as business owners. And one of those priorities for you is family time with your family. And 
I mean, again, as cliche as that might sound, it's easy to say it's another thing to actually structure your business in a way that encourages that. So you led with that priority. But what I think is really cool, again, photographers would be like, okay, I get that, but then I still have to make money and you know run a business. Like if I if I nix the weekends, I'm gonna miss out on the opportunity. But you actually framed reframed it for these potential clients and sold them on the value of actually shooting during the week, which is a really interesting approach to it. Yeah, and I also have it all over my website too. So it's like like I'm a, some of my most popular blogs and like people when I do calls with them, like they've already re they already read my website, which is like great. So they're like, We see on your website you recommend only doing um weekdays and like um so like people kinda already get the idea in their head, like, why do I recommend weekdays? Because like you can get cheaper venues, you some um like some um vendors might give you discounts. Um it's gonna be less busy, more privacy. Like those are all like added benefits. Um, and then if I hit, meet a couple who's really in the football, then it's really great because they don't want to get married on a Sunday anyways. So it's like <laughs> added benefit. But, yeah. but I mean, we laugh, we laugh at that, but it's actually a really great point. Like imagine the, the, the people that show up on your website and they literally see just, you know, bullet pointed all these value props for not shooting on the weekend. And now, now it's a conversation about them. If you led with, uh, I'm not shooting on the weekends because I need to spend time with my wife. And that conversation just kind of ended there. Yeah. It'd be not nearly as compelling, obviously, for potential clients is when they land and they see that you're presenting to them a solution to potential multiple potential problems. They don't want to be in a busy location, have to compete with other people. Um, and they certainly don't want to miss out on their football game. They, they would yeah. like the opportunity to be able to save a bit of money in their budget. I mean, all of these things are really, really wonderful. And when you frame it that way and you make it about them, you, how you can better serve them, I totally get why that would go over really well. Okay. So this is really cool. I'm going to, I'm going to shift back over here to that post again, though. So we start with weekdays only. And again, that's a, I have to say massive props to you for making that move, but you did it in a really intelligent and intentional way, which I think is also that something that our listeners should really pay close attention to is really, really cool. Screen time was the next slide. All texts, emails, phone calls, social media will be from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Talk to us a little bit more about this. Give us some context to the, the thought process behind this one. Oh, man. Um, I mean, it's crazy because like a lot of my reviews, like talk, I mean, I have like 85 reviews and like a lot of them talk about like how fast I am at responding and how great I am like with emails and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, also at the same time, I'm like, I don't need to respond to a text at nine o'clock at night. Like I don't need to respond to a text at five o'clock in the morning. So it's like, you know, now it's like, like instead of me being work mode, like all day, all night, it's like, you know, I can kind of like, just be like, Hey, th these are my hours. Like, I mean, a lot of other people have set hours too. It's crazy. I mean, I feel like my hours have gone, they've extended past like the normal work hours too. Um, doesn't mean I'm not going to respond to people and stuff like that, but like, you know, it's just like, uh, I just think that, um, there, you don't necessarily have to respond to someone like at certain points when the general population is sleeping and, um, <laughs> like that, that's for real. Well, it's very much for real, but I, I think the other thing that should be addressed at, at, at least is, I mean, the sense of fear. Again, it goes back to that FOMO idea, right? You're, you're setting aside that notion of fear in, in this conversation on multiple levels, certainly in, as, as it relates to this, some photographers might see a message come in or business owners might see a message, an email, a text message, they leave their notifications on. So it's just constantly dinging and they're seeing all these notifications coming in. And there's the sense that they need to respond 
out of fear, whether it's conscious or subconscious, that they're going to somehow miss out or that the client's not yeah. going to like them enough or, you know, whatever. The, but it's fear driven versus being driven by an intention and an understanding of the bigger picture that not responding to a text message at nine o'clock at night is not going to kill their business in the long run. And, and as simplistic as that might seem, I think it's a really important perspective to, to maintain. Yeah. And they're like, I think like this could resonate. Like, you know, like when you, and you're in business and you get like that email or you get like that text and you're just like, you're like revved, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, I need to respond. I need to respond, I need to respond. Um, there's like a Tibetan word called um, shimpen. What about, what it means is like you get hooked on it and then like you're basically, you can't let go of it until you answer that email. And so like, you know, like letting go of like that uncertainty or the need to follow through on something like that's where like I've detached myself from like, you know, I don't, I don't need to do all of this stuff. Everything's going to be fine. But like you build up this, you build up like this, this hyper awareness of like, what, what, what have I been doing this whole time? Like I need to always do this. And it's like, that's not reality. It's like, you can still make changes and not be hooked on like having to do things in an old pattern. That, yeah. Yes. And again, this is a conversation that's so loaded. In fact, again, I would I would refer even back to the book that I was just reading. It it is very interesting though how easy it is for us to fall into patterns and that tendency that we might have to obsess over something, including I need to respond to this email or this text message right now, is by the way, people a lot of people might just write that off to I have OCD, but that's actually a behavioral pattern that we've developed over time. That's on us. So we yeah. just the way that we had the opportunity to build up that unfortunate habit or pattern, we have the ability to be able to step away from that as well. And you're absolutely right. We can let those old patterns go. Okay. So I'm going to jump back here to the slides for anybody listening in. Um, you can of course see this if you go to Instagram, uh, and vows and peaks on Instagram, V O W S underscore and underscore peaks. And we'll link to this in the show notes. And, uh, Sean actually has it pinned to the top of his feed there, but I'm going to go to the next slide weekly cap. I'm capping out my elopements at two per week in front range and three per week in the San Juans and Yosemite. I, I well, I, just give some context to that, if you will. It kind of makes sense at the outset, but what was the intention behind this? Um, I mean, this kind of just goes back to like the burnout. It's like, you know, it, it, I just want to be able to give everyone the same amount of energy and love that I do to like the people before them. So like, you know, it's not really fair if I'm like doing like three elopements, like back to back to back. And then like, which I, I don't really do that anyways, but I'm just giving an example, like, or if I do three and four days or three and five days, it's like the third day is like automatically going to get like probably the least amount of energy from me. Like whether it's like, um, I'm going to be in a stimulus of like constantly having to be, um, on, um, or like physically, like, you know, if I'm doing like hiking elopements, um, three and five days, like, you know, it's just a lot of wear and tear, like on my body. So it's like, I just want to be able to give everyone the same amount that like the previous people got. Well, and you're going back to that earlier conversation around creativity. If you've, if you've maintained, uh, these boundaries that you're talking about as a result, you're not burning out it puts you in a state that is again, not fear driven, but it's actually driven by creativity. You've got the clarity, the open-mindedness to be able to be more creative, not only for the sake of your yeah. clients, but it makes it more enjoyable for you as well. I know when I'm not in a state of frantic, even in the mornings, my mornings I've kind of designated to my creative space in that like, if I have a big 
task or project or something that needs a bit more creative thought, that's when I should be focusing on that thing. And I will say that in, in the mornings when I am not in a kind of fear-driven panic mode, if you will, um, I'll say that kind of on an extreme level just for the sake of, of conversation. But if I'm not in that state, if I'm more relaxed, I'm, I'm just happy, I'm naturally in a much more creative state to, to bring so much more to that task or that project at hand than when I'm just kind of freaking yeah. out. I need to work as fast as I can. I'm like, what if I don't get this done? And, you know, it's that what if. And again, it's fear driven. And I, I, yeah. so it just very much resonates with me. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's really important that like everyone listening to this is going to have a different like um, journey on this. So I don't think like, like if you do feel certain things, like I don't think there's anything wrong with the way you feel. Like if you are overwhelmed and like that kind of, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, um, I just think it's really important to know that like, you know, everybody's going to feel differently about certain things. Um, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The way that, I mean, first of all, you made the, the point of how, like how we're taking this in, right? So this conversation, even though what you're saying, it's going to resonate a certain way to me because of my experiences, or I'm kind of projecting my experiences onto what you're saying. Same thing's going to be a, applicable certainly for any and everybody listening in. Our experiences are going to be different. The, the, where I would maybe push back a little bit though, is there's, I don't, at the end of the day, there's no reason for any of us to be consistently in that state of we'll put in quotes hustle right where we're constantly yeah. overworked and throwing down so hard that we don't have anything left at the end of the day day in and day out i am all for hard work i push way harder than a lot of people realize both in my personal and professional life but yeah. at some point that's not like at some point it's actually a good healthy thing to stop or to slow down to take a break to step back take a deep breath and that's okay and it is to your earlier point going to be fine in the end like we 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 act as though you know this this lion is chasing us and if we don't do the thing we're just going to get gobbled up and the reality is most of the time things aren't quite that intense and so we don't need to be behaving accordingly and if we're able to take a step back from that fear driven behavior pattern it does put us in a much more creative space. We can bring so much more to our clients. We can enjoy the process so much more ourselves, and we certainly won't get as burnt out in the meantime. So, yeah, I, this is this is good. I, this is very much resonating, and, I, and I'm sure it is with many listeners as well. Let me jump back to the slides. We've got one or two more here. So the next one says, attract and won't chase. I am attracting my ideal couples that value me, my craft, and no longer chasing bookings that don't fill my cup. Now, I'll just push back for the sake of being, you know, devil's advocate here in our conversation. Some photographers, especially early in their career are like, I need to get any and every bit of business that I possibly can to get this thing off the ground. I got to pay my bills. It's nice, Sean, that you can say that you're just going to sit back and attract whatever clients you want, but I got to do the work. I got to put the work in. So totally. again, I'm playing devil's advocate, but what's, what is the response, I guess, to a photographer that is in that place and yet wants to get more to a place that you're in currently? You know, like, I will say that, like, looking back, like, at, like, four years ago, like, all I could do is take, like, what I learned from those things and apply them to, like, where I'm at today. So it's, like, the hard work that I put in to, like, work with, like, I, I'm, again, when I'm saying this, I know this is not going on deaf ears. I know every single photographer feels this way. But, like, just working with people who are, like, super ideal people to work with and not like just a pain in your ass or like energy vampires. And I like, that seems to be like the most people you work with when you're starting a business because you're like, 
A, starting, B, you're more budget-friendly. Like, there's all these different kind of stigmas that, like, it's probably not, like, the nicest way to say it, but, like, it's just the reality of, of the situation. When you're starting off, it's sure. just, you're not going to be working with, like, the top-notch people that you are in year five. So um, I would say, like, it's part of your journey, and so just embrace it. And then, so I tell this to my wife, there's a, it's a parable of the raft. So it's like, you know, when you get the other side, do you take the raft with you or do you leave it behind? And so like, you know, when you, when you get to that next spot in your journey, just leave that raft behind and take your next raft and build your next raft and keep going. So like, you know, I've left that raft behind. So now it's like, I'm going on farther. So you're saying that it, it's, it's not, uh, that it's okay to be in that place when you're getting started, but there's something yeah. to, there's something to work for, which is to be in this place where, um, you can begin to create more boundaries. You can begin to say, this is who I'm going to work with. And I'm, and I'm not going to work with these types of people. When you run into a situation nowadays where you realize that you're communicating with somebody, maybe a potential client, for example, that doesn't fit what it is that you're trying to achieve again, not just in your business, but your personal life, which drives all of this. How do you respond to them? How do you say, no, thank you. I, Honestly, I've been saying this for years now. I tell people all the time, like, I think there's a perfect photographer for every couple. And I think there's the perfect couple for every photographer. And so like, I just am sure this year I've turned down more people than I ever have. Like, I just tell people like in the middle of a phone call, I'm like, Hey, like, I don't think what, like your vision is kind of what I offer. Um, and I want you guys to have like a person who's really excited and stoked on like your big day and your vision. And I'm just not sure I'm that person who can offer that for you guys. Um, because that's what you deserve. And like, people are super receptive to that. Like, you know, like mm. at the end of the day, like you don't like, they don't want someone who's not going to be like super gung ho about like their vision. I mean, I'm, I'm just not going to be super stoked on like, like some of the stuff people are trying to like pitch to me and that's okay. Cause like, again, it goes back to like, I kind of niche down to like where I want to be at. Um, and what I want to specialize in. And there's, that's totally fine. I don't think people like, this is where I think like some photographers want to gaslight people and be like, well, that's, you're just cutting out people who like, who are this and cutting out people like that. And it's like, no, that's not just the reality of the situation. The reality is, is like, I want to be fulfilled when I go to work. It has nothing to do with like individuals. It just has to do with the people and their vision and what they want to do in their day. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, even the way that you explain that just now. Like I'm, I'm hearing you as a client or a potential client. It, you're so easygoing, Sean. I mean, like I, I know the, the little bit that I know you from the various podcast episodes we've done, you've got a really good heart and that comes across very, very quickly. Like I know I'm talking to a really good guy. And so I can imagine that that comes across really well to your clients. If you're using that tone that you just did when you respond to them. And again, you're not talking about yourself. You're talking to them about what it is that you want for them the value for them and their life and their circumstance. I'm sure it plays out pretty well most of the time. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this year it's been great. Like I've just, I've just been straight up honest with people. I'm like, Hey, like, cause like a lot of times people will just kind of tell me like what they're kind of thinking. It's like, we're thinking this and this and this. And I'm like, you know, like that's just like not really what I specialize in and not really what I offer. Um, but I can like, you know, I just want people, people deserve that honesty, especially like this is like mm. literally the biggest day of their lives. It's mm. like, they want to look back on like someone who just like is getting pigeonholed into like what they want to do versus like what they enjoy doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and we got a couple of comments coming in from YouTube. Jakevia says uh, time blocking for operations are imperative to set terms and conditions for you and the client. 
just as Macy's and others hours up operation. I started using airplane mode after 10 p.m. At Zucavius, he's taking it a step further. 10 p.m. That's the cutoff point. Okay, but that's good. <laughs> that's it, aggressive. Hey, at least you're cutting it off, though. That that's great. And then and then he followed that with kudos, Sean, on those time frames you have. Love it. And then uh, Jermaine chimed in. He said, "Nice, Sean. My speech to clients that aren't my ideal clients is very much the same." And added some uh, clapping emojis there too. I, I really appreciate the engagement, everybody, and and the comments and and thoughts. And continue to throw those in here as we're finishing up. I want to jump to one more slide, Sean, that you had here at the end. And that was no discounts. We'll no longer offer discounts, price matching, or free albums for bookings. Value who you invest your trust in for your big day. And it pretty well speaks for itself. But again, I think for photographers, a lot of times there is that, that sense of FOMO and maybe that they, quote unquote, need to offer a discount in order to get that next client. What are your thoughts? What was driving this for you? I mean, this, is, this, was, this was really driven just by like my experience losing out on people last year um, and not necessarily being offering like discounts to people but this was like necessarily me losing out like i think last year i lost out on more bookings than i ever have like usually i have a, I had a really high success rate of booking and i that's kind of two-part answer but that's why i'm only doing facetimes this year it's because like i think some of it was being lost in translation of like connection was not being made over the phone um so but then the second part was is like I, a lot of the bookings like their responses back would be like oh they offered to give me a discount or they offer to give me a free album or offered like this. And it's like, you know, like I just want people to know that like, Hey, like I'm, I, if you want to book me, that's totally fine. But like, I'm not going to go out there and like match with other photographers and offer you like, this is, this is like what I'm offering and this is my set price list and this is it. Like, so don't expect me to kind of match what other people are kind of offering you to get you to book me. And are you, are you determining those prices uh, just based on your financial goals? Are you looking at the market as well? Like, how are you getting to a place where you've established the set of prices and you're more than comfortable staying at that place? Don't feel the pressure or the need to, to, to discount those. I mean, honestly, this is the first year I haven't raised prices. I just told myself like, like last year I, I did so many different price changes because like, I think like this will probably resonate with a lot of photographers, but like last year, like, there was so much uncertainty. Like I felt like the bookings are weird. The inquiries are weird, like throughout the whole year. And so like, I was just trying different price structures to see like, will this work? Will that work? Will, like, I just show myself crazy. So this year I was like, you know what? Like I know what I'm comfortable making. I know like these, these are like the financial things that like this, I can live comfortably on. So I'm just going to keep my prices the same. This is, they've been the same for two years now. And so this is it. And like, but like, I would say like, I'm probably, underpriced compared to like the top photographers um but again like you know like i mean that sounds stupid but like what's the difference between like a 500 to a thousand dollars and this this is to me like when you're sure. making like six thousand dollars for a shoot you know like i understand if it's like you know you're charging two thousand dollars and you're paying half of the government and like yeah it's a big difference but like for me it's like i know what i'm comfortable making i don't need to like ask for more than i really need yeah. Yeah. That, I guess that makes sense. And, and, and it's a good reminder, I think for everybody listening in, because in, in the photography industry, and I've said this a lot of times, but I, I think it bears repeating, which, which is that the, the conversation around pricing gets overly complicated. Photographers are asking the question, what do I charge? How do I establish my prices? And the reality is that it could actually be a lot simpler at the end of the day. 
and, and what should drive that conversation and the determination about price point should largely be about what you described, Sean, like, you know, what it is that you need to live comfortably. And that's, I mean, that's really the starting point. A lot of photographers, I think maybe are overcomplicated in their mind. The reality is they need to figure out the money that they need to make to pay the bills, to put some money in savings, take a vacation or two a year, you know, have some hobbies, make the list, figure out what that total is, do the math, break it down to, you know, month to month or week to week, figure out what that amount is and let that drive the price point that we're setting. Not, everything else, not just looking next door at the next photographer and then, Oh, well, they do that. So I should do that. that that's really not what it's about. It's, I think pricing has become very like ego driven and then comparison driven. It's like, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons I also kind of go off social media. It's like, I don't need to like go on social media, look at the people's photos and like become like, like compare myself to them. And it's like the same thing with pricing. It's like at the end of the day, like, when we're all dead, no one's going to care about our bank accounts anyways. So it's like, like just go for the fulfillment and then like see what, what, what money you need to like, kind of like make sure you're living a happy life. Like that's kind of like what it comes down to. I beautifully summed up and I will just leave that one alone. That's really, really good. Okay. So Sean, this has been super practical, super helpful again. And, and that's what this podcast is ultimately meant to be one to help photographers build sustainable businesses. But I want to do so by bringing information that is practical, actionable, something they can go do something with. You brought that today. And, and I, I really, truly appreciate that. Will you just remind our listeners one more time where they can find and follow you online? Yeah. So, um, vowsandpeaks.com and then vows underscore and peaks. Um, and also the do not disturb button is the best thing Apple's ever made, especially for middle of the day stuff. <laughs> Perfect. We will note that. Everybody listening in, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Sean. This has been super fun. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.